0: Well a very good morning to everybody today and uh, pray that you all know God's blessing as we come under his word. It's a great privilege and blessing to come under God's word so as we seek to worship God today we ask that he will be specially close to us. And we're going to begin by uh, reading from Psalm 98, Psalm 98 from verse 3, Psalm 98 verse 3. He, mindful of his grace and truth, to Israel's house hath been, and the salvation of our God all ends of the earth have seen. Let all the earth unto the Lord send forth a joyful noise. Lift up your voice aloud, to him sing praises and rejoice. With harp, with harp, and voice of psalms unto Jehovah sing, with trumpets, cornets, gladly sound before the Lord the King. Let seas and all their fullness roar, the world and dwellers there, let floods clap hands, and let the hills together joy declare, before the Lord, because he comes to judge the earth that comes he, he'll judge the world with righteousness, his folk with equity. God bless these precious to us. It is now bow in prayer. <clears throat> Lord, we give thanks for the words that we read there, and we give thanks, Lord, that you are the God of creation, the God who rules over everything. All power belongs to you. You are God of heaven and earth. And you are the one who is brought into being by the word of your power. You are the God who will also bring to an end everything by the word of your power. Your word re- reveals to us that it is by your word that even the very graves will open and the dead will rise. It's a prospect that is absolutely beyond our understanding. But the word tells us it is so the word assures us that the grave is not final and uh, irrespective of what people may maintain or even believe we know that death is not the end and so we ask lord that as we gather before you today uh, that we may have a sense of your presence and your power in us and upon us and although we are separate from one another in our various locations in our different homes or wherever we're gathered uh, to, to worship at this time, we are aware that you have made it possible for us to worship in this way. We were able to link up, and that's one of the wonderful things about the Church of God, that we are one in Christ Jesus. Irrespective of where we are in this world or what our position or what our circumstances are in life, in Jesus Christ we are one. We belong to one family. Help us always to remember that it is your church. It is not our church. Although there are all the different denominations, help us always to remember that it is your church and that you are the one who has the ultimate authority and rule over your church. And help us, Lord, to be always subject to your rule and to your authority and to recognize that you are the great shepherd of the sheep, that you are the king that you are the priest, that you are the prophet, that you are just the the wonderful Lord of heaven and earth. And we pray then that uh, as we wait upon you today, that we will hear again what God the Lord will speak. May your word become alive in our our own lives. And forgive us, Lord, for when we lay your word aside and when we want to do our own thing and go our own way. Forgive us, Lord, for when we are resistant uh, to the ministry of your Spirit where your Spirit is nudging us, where your Spirit is pushing us in a particular direction in keeping with your Word. And yet, Lord, we remain resistant to that because we want to do our own thing and go our own way. Help us, Lord, to follow you every day, not just now and again. And help us, Lord, to have our timetable as a heavenly timetable, not the timetable of earth. Because our own timetable and other people's timetable for us May be quite different to the timetable that you have for us and so we pray that we may be wise uh, to salvation wise to your word and uh, that your word indeed will be our rule because as you, as we're told the word of god is the only rule to direct us how we may glorify and enjoy you O oh lord help us to realize that there is real enjoyment in following you that it is not something that we do simply of duty, although there is duty in it. And as we come before you, although there is a formality in our worship, it is not with formality, but it is with genuine sincerity of heart. It is longing to know you and longing to come to understand more and more of who you are. O oh Lord, be near to us, we pray, and forgive us our sin. We confess our sins individually, personally, as families, as a congregation here in Stornoway, as a, as an island and islands, and uh, as a nation, and nations of this world, Lord, we ask that you be merciful to us. Because as you look down upon us, oh, the iniquity and the sin and transgression that uh, multiplies every single day. And uh, sin is a cry, as your word tells us. And uh, we pray that As that cry of sin goes up into heaven, that that you will be merciful to us. Do not deal with us according to our sin, but in wrath remember mercy. O revive thy work in the midst of the years, And we pray, Lord, that you'll revive your church. That you'll revive your church here uh, in our own land, in our own nation. That once again more and more people will turn to look to you that there will be a growing desire for your word it might seem impossible because year by year it seems that the cause of Christ here in this country is getting less and less and the interest in you is becoming less and less and the word of God seems to be that book which has been pushed aside and we see it at all in all areas of society, uh, from our schools upwards and so we ask, O oh Lord, that you have been merciful to us that you'll turn us again to your word. We pray that you will be with those who are hurting. We remember again in light of the development of the COVID-19 spread as it seems to be accelerating again and it appears that we're heading into a second wave and all the the trauma and all the sorrow and all the hurt and all the pain that is attached to that. We pray for our NHS and for our carers uh, who will be... Uh, pushed quite possibly beyond human limits we know that many uh, were pushed to the very edges uh, before and we ask lord that you'll be gracious to us lord may you hasten uh, the finding of a a really good vaccine that will grant us protection and deliverance and we pray that we will see your hand in it that we will give you the honor and the glory in these things and so we ask lord that you will Continue to be gracious to us here. But we ask for all those who who know the pain and the sorrow uh, that death has brought and the the added painful circumstances that the illnesses have, have brought into people's lives. Lord, we pray for those who are sorrowing, those who are going through difficult times. Lord, help them. Grant them your wisdom and grace, your strength, your love. May they have a sense of your compassion your arm around them. Lord, may your light uh, lighten their path. Pray, Lord, for those who are facing challenges throughout the week. Ask, Lord, that you will bless them. Pray for those who have tests, that Lord, that they might be successful. Those who face problems and issues, Lord, that you will guide them through all these things. Pray, Lord, for those who are facing increased financial difficulties because There is so much uncertainty, there is loss of work, jobs which once seemed so secure and guaranteed. There are now question marks and there's so much fear and trepidation tied into that. Oh Lord, our God, we pray that you will be merciful to us and that in our need, in our growing need nationally, that we will look to you. Oh Lord, protect us and keep us, Lord, from the devastating financial difficulties that could come from this. We pray that you will be gracious to us. Pray, Lord, that you will bless our young people as they're back to school. We pray your blessing upon them and bless them with regard to the virtual Sunday school. We give thanks for all the work that is done, and we pray for parents as well as they're involved in the teaching with their young people. And we give thanks for these things. And as we head into this month, where we do remember. Uh, the, the 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 great sacrifices that were made in the war and wars for uh, the freedom that we enjoy, we do give thanks, Lord, for the many who lay down their lives. And it is, as we're, we know, the supreme sacrifice. And we pray that we may never forget, and that we might remember that the freedoms that we enjoy were bought and won at a fearful price. And make that make us realise above all the greatest freedom that we can ever have has been bought at the most awful price ever in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch over us then and do us good and cleanse us from our every sin, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Just a wee word to the young people. Uh, A couple of weeks ago I, I was driving along Uh, Springfield Road and just turning down into Smith Avenue and there was this small, it looked like a small van, it appeared that from where I I, I was driving, it was right in front of me and as it turned down uh, I was following it and what was written on the back is what caught my attention and it said don't follow me, follow Ross County. Uh, Now I know that Ross County were up doing some coaching Uh, during the October holidays, so I knew that this van, this little van, it seemed to be a van, uh, belonged to the Ross County Football Club. And I suppose uh, a lot of young people, uh, mostly, or I suppose a lot of boys, and a growing number of girls who are really into their football, just as it was when I was growing up. And... uh, we all support our different teams. Uh, when I was a boy, most uh, people supported either Rangers or Celtic. Uh, I supported Aberdeen, and I think it was because next door to us, uh, there was, was Dr. Morrison who was from Ness and his wife, uh, she was also from Ness, and their family had quite a, a big family. They were all Aberdeen supporters. And I remember they used to give me just when I was a wee boy, Aberdeen things and of course uh, that's you can't remember how you started but anyway that's it you began to support you began to follow this particular team and uh, you can't change halfway through because when I was in school Aberdeen only once ever won a cup in 1970 they won the Scottish Cup and I used to say Ah, oh, great supporting Rangers and used to win cups and leagues but Aberdeen course, when Alex Ferguson came, that all changed. But uh, back in the school, right throughout school, only once won anything. I remember that there seemed to be more ranger supporters, and they used to sing their songs. And I remember one song they used to sing was Follow, follow, we would follow rangers everywhere, anywhere, and we would follow on. And uh, when I was thinking about the Ross County, I was thinking, well, that's just what they're saying, follow on, because uh, that's what football Fans do, football supporters, they follow their team. That's why it says follow. They will follow their team to watch them play wherever. But you know, as I was driving down behind that, the thought came to my mind wouldn't it be lovely to see a van having, don't follow me, follow Jesus? In fact, I'm almost sure that I have seen a sticker on the back of a back window of a car saying something like that. But I was saying, that would be really nice. Because following Jesus is the most important thing that we can do in this world. In fact, when when Jesus called his disciples, and remember how he called Peter and Andrew and James and John who were fishermen, and he came up to them one day as they were mending their nets, and he said to them, follow me. And it tells us that they left their nets, and they left their boats, and they went to follow Jesus. And Jesus still continues to Call people and follow me. And in fact, he says in his word that whoever is going to come after him, that they are to deny themselves, they're to take up their cross, and they are to follow him. And we don't follow him just now and again, or when we feel like it. When we follow Jesus, we follow Jesus all the time, every day, everywhere, anywhere and we are to follow him closely and the way the best way to follow Jesus is to find out what he wants us to be like and what he wants us to do and that's where we it's so important that we come to his word to the Bible and we hear what he says because every day he speaks to us in the Bible and every day we speak to him and you know, the more you speak to him, and the more that his word speaks into your heart when you read it or listen to it, the more like him you will become, which is the greatest thing that can happen for you and to you in this world, is to become more and more like Jesus. And the, the funny thing is, every week when I'm trying to think of something to say to you, and when I saw that van a couple of weeks ago, stayed away, I thought, well, if I'll be able to make something out of that. So, as I was thinking through this, it just made me think, I, I don't know the words of this ranger song. So I thought, I'll look it up, because I, I was just curious. But as I did, and to my shame, I didn't know this, that that ranger song about would follow, 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 is actually based on a hymn that was written about following Jesus. And the words are beautiful. It says, follow, follow, I will follow Jesus. Anywhere, everywhere, I will follow on. Follow, follow, I will follow Jesus. Everywhere he leads me, I will follow on. Walking in his footsteps till the crown is won. And Today, Jesus is saying to you, he's saying, follow me. And you know, if you begin to follow Jesus today, this will be the best day of your life. Because when you begin to follow Jesus, you follow him forever. And there is nothing greater in your life that you can do than to follow Jesus. And you will follow Him everywhere and anywhere. Ask Jesus today to come into your heart and life so that today, if you haven't already, today will be the day when you begin to follow Jesus. Let's say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation uh, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever amen now we're going to read god's word i'm going to read from the gospel of john john's gospel and chapter 5 John chapter 5, and we're going to read from verse 18. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even, even calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. The Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honour the Son just as they honour the Father. Whoever does not honour the Son does not honour the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment i can do nothing on my own as i hear i judge and my judgment is just because i seek not mine own will but the will of him that sent me and i want us to consider uh, the verses from verse 24 uh, through to verse 29 won't read it all, but read a wee bit of it. Verse 24 of John 5. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Now, the strict religious leaders of the day couldn't cope with with Jesus. It It wasn't just that he was radical and a revolutionary in the in his sight though he was these things in the sight as far as they were concerned he was bad because he was making claims that they so objected to because he was making the claim that he was equal to god and as far as they were concerned that was just not acceptable it was uh, to them it was blasphemy of the very very worst and the sad thing about prejudice which filled their hearts is that prejudice leaves you blind to reality if you or i are bigoted or prejudiced we cannot see the truth that's staring us in the face because it affects the way we think it distorts completely what is in front of us and these religious leaders were men who had studied the law and they should have known that they were seeing the law of God and the word of God and the prophecies of God being fulfilled every day in the life of Jesus. But because they were so blinkered, they refused to see and accept. Now we saw recently uh, the healing of the man at Bethesda, which is at the beginning of this chapter. And the result of this was, in verse 18, that this is what for the, why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill Jesus. But then Jesus goes out of his way, to justify what he has done and who he is. And he shows, first of all, in verse 19, that he's equal to the Father in works. And what Jesus is really saying is if you are finding fault with me for healing this man on the Sabbath day, you ought to find fault with God because I don't do anything of myself. Everything that I do, I do because this is what the Father has given me to do. You see, the will of Jesus. And the will of the Father are exactly the same. And so everything that Jesus did in this world, he did by appointment of the Father and according to the will of the Father, however difficult it was. And it was difficult. Because there came a point, you remember, in the garden where he was seeing into the cup that he was going to have to drink of God's wrath and punishment for sin when he went to the, was going to the cross. And he said, Father, if it is possible let this cup pass from me nevertheless not as i will but as you will their wills were were in keeping one with another and the work the will and the work were together then in verse 22 jesus claims to be at one with the father with regard to judgment you see the father has committed judgment to the son now A lot of people don't appreciate or realise that Jesus Christ is going to be the judge of every single human being. And people tend to think of Jesus just as the man, a historical figure, but no more than a man. Well, Jesus Christ is equal to the Father, equal in power and in glory. When he was in this world, that glory was veiled. The, the majesty of who he who he is and who he was, was veiled. But it's not veiled today. All his splendor and glory is revealed. And it's very interesting, when you see in the Bible, at any time that the Lord's presence was made known to people, you see the reaction. You see how Daniel Daniel fell just to collapse. You, you see Saul of Tarshish, when Jesus, this Jesus... The man Jesus, the God-man, who is now in majesty and glory, when Saul got a little glimpse of that majesty and glory, he fell down as if he was dead. It's the same as the Apostle John in the book of Revelation, when he got a glimpse of the majesty and glory of this Jesus, as he is now, he fell down as one dead. That's the Jesus that we will face. It will be in that awesome glory that is his now. And that's that's what makes the whole idea of judgment so awful. It's a fearful concept. Because a lot of people think, ah, the gentle Jesus, uh, meek and mild that we sang about, we also read about the wrath of the Lamb. And so it is a serious, serious thing. Because, you know, the most awful words that any person could ever hear is at the end of the day that Jesus will say to a soul, depart from me but I never knew you. And he will say to all those who have turned their back upon him and who have completely rejected him in his world, depart from me, for I never knew you. And people say, that's unfair. Well, it's logical. Jesus is simply giving to people what they chose. Because right throughout this life, people were saying to Jesus, now depart from me. I don't want your word. I don't want you interfering in my life. Leave me alone. Jesus says, all right, I will. So when you come to the judgment, I will give you what you chose in this world, which is to depart from me. You wanted me to depart from you. Now you depart from me forever. And it's, See, people don't realize what it is that they do in rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray today that none of us here who are in listening to this ever hear these words but rather hear these beautiful words come blessed of my father enter the kingdom prepared for you before the foundation of the world now from verse 24 to 29 jesus talks about hearing his voice he hears his word and we've spoken before about the importance of of hearing uh, the voice of the lord of hearing the voice of Jesus the importance of hearing God's Word and here we see that there's a vital link between hearing the word of Jesus and believing that's what it says whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and you'll notice it says has eternal life whoever believes whoever hears and believes has not will have eventually has You see, the moment we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we enter into life. We enter into life eternal. When we die, we don't receive another life. It's not like, this is is your eternal life. This is your life as a Christian now. But when you die, that's the end of everything. And then afterwards, something new happens. No, the life that begins the day that Jesus Christ comes into your heart and into your life is a life that continues forever and ever. You see the, the the blessings the blessings begin right away. So a lot of people a lot of people dismiss Christianity and see, I'm not interested in this pie in the sky and hope everything will be right when I die and all this kind of stuff. I want to live life to the full, to enjoy it to the max. I want I want a full life lived here. I don't want this sort of religious thing, I don't want this Christianity. It just gets in the way, does it? Well, however fulfilled a life may be lived today without Jesus, it's still missing. And I know that there are many people today who can feel very satisfied in life and enjoy life. And I'm not dismissing that for one moment, but I still maintain, because it's what the Bible (coughs) shows us very clearly, they are still not enjoying the level of life that they can. Because whatever we have in this world if only this world is our life then that all goes it's fleeting and you know that many of the people who have the most in this life are are incredibly insecure and some are very unhappy our happiness doesn't come about just because of what we have with regard to the things of this world our ultimate happiness comes about by who we have And that is Jesus Christ. Because the blessings flow right away. Right away. Because you see, the moment that you get the Lord Jesus Christ, various things happen in your life. First of all, you have a sense of all your sins forgiven. And today you may not think that's a big deal. Let me tell you, when you come to faith in Jesus Christ and your sins are forgiven, you realize just what a big deal it is. Because the burden of guilt that you've been carrying and you didn't know it is released. It's the most amazing sense of freedom and liberty to know that your sins have been forgiven, they've been placed upon Christ. That you are you are now a free person. And God puts his love into your life, into your heart. And we're told in the Word of God uh, that perfect love casts out fear. We have the peace of God that, that passes all understanding. We have we have just so many blessings. Our eyes are open to see things at a new level. There's a spiritual dimension to life so that we we see God's hand in everything. And another thing is, this verse shows us that we don't need to fear the judgment. Isn't that amazing? This judgment that is going to come. We don't need to fear it because, this is the beauty of it, there is now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. There are a royal pardon. Has been granted. The prison door is open, we're free to go, no more condemned. You see as we are in and out, as we are by nature out of Christ, we are dead. Spiritually speaking. Now you and I know there aren't degrees of deadness. Either a person is dead or they're alive. And that is true spiritually as well. And that affects it as a, an incredible bearing upon our destiny, upon our future. Because it's either death or life, blessing or cursing. It's heaven or hell. These, this, this is so serious. And every day is taking us closer to one destiny or the other. And in verse, 30, verse 25, Jesus again talks about the life of those who hear the Son of God and will live. And he says, the hour is coming and now is here. You see, Jesus' arrival into this world. Herald, heralded in the coming of the New Testament Church, where we are today. And in a sense, this is the last times, because there will be nothing else from the coming of Jesus first into the world to the coming again of Jesus again. This is this, is this period. And here Jesus is saying, all who hear, hear my voice, will live. You know, this is a, the beautiful things. You see, Jesus has established this New Testament church, and it has grown from the smallest little beginning. But it has grown and grown and grown, and it has continued to grow. It's a remember the the, the vision that was given to Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel about the great image with the head of gold, and there was the silver, the chest of silver, and then there was the brass and the iron, and the feet of uh, the feet of iron and clay speaking about the great great world empires but then there was this, this stone that was made without hands came down and crashed into the image destroyed the image and the stone grew up and filled the whole earth that's the gospel of Jesus Christ that is the kingdom of God and although our cause may be diminishing here where we are in this land, sadly, and let us pray that the Lord will not remove his candlestick from us, that he will not turn his back upon us, although he, we deserve that he would, but pray that he will have continue to have mercy upon us. Globally, the gospel continues to flourish and spread and grow. It doesn't receive the news in the media, but it is happening. There are thousands, there are millions coming to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And God will see to it that every single one of his people will be kept wherever they are and that they will flourish and they will grow and they will witness and testify to him and for him. Because ultimately that's what it's about. And you might feel very isolated where you are today. You might be on your own and you might be the only Christian in your own home and Christian at work in the street. You might be the only one in school. It might be And you might be feeling low and lonely. Well, the Lord has a hold of you. And he will never let you go. And he's using you where you are. He has put you in a particular place for a particular purpose and reason. One day you'll see it. And it's all to do with the growth of his kingdom. And uh, so we, we find here that these words of Christ, that they proved so true in the lives of many and still are proving through today. And if you have not heard the voice of Jesus Christ up till now, ask him that you will hear, that you hear today and that you'll begin to follow And you know, the thing is, the moment that you begin to hear the voice of Jesus Christ, you will continue to want to hear that voice. And that's what we do when we come to the word of God. Because every day you want to hear afresh what the Lord has to say to you. I'll hear what God, the Lord, will speak to his folk. He'll speak peace. But then in verse 28, it talks of another hour coming. And this is going to be quite an incredible time. Uh, A time that we can't understand or comprehend, but only faith can lay hold upon it. An hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Now, that is quite extraordinary. It's remarkable. You and I know that all the shouting in the world can't open, open a grave or uh, do anything. But just as spiritually, the voice of Jesus brings a response from our hearts where we come to faith and where deadness gives way to life. So a day is coming when the graves will open at the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's quite extraordinary. This is going to be the most physical phenomenon ever. Something the like of which the world has never seen. Because all the tombs, all the graves are going to open. And it's going to be wider than just the graves. It's going to be not just every grave, but those who have been burnt. The sea, we're told, will give up its dead. Those who have had the most spectacular funerals and have the most ornate headstones, that grave will open. Those who have sadly been the victims of atrocities and war crimes, whether mass graves, these graves will open. Those who have never even had the even had a burial at all. Wherever it, it, it they will rise. Every single one will rise. And that's what we're told that the Lord the Lord will, will raise them. You know, in in the Old Testament and in the New, there have been glimpses given to us of the raising of the dead. Sometimes, like Elijah, by God's power raised the boy who had just died. Others, it's like uh, where Lazarus had been in the tomb for a wee while. He had already been buried when he was raised by Jesus. And, of course, Jesus himself was a great example of this resurrection, when he was buried and he rose and he appeared in his body. Uh, to not just his, his immediate disciples, but to hundreds. People can't understand how this is going to happen. Nor do I. I have no idea. And I don't know anybody in this world who has an idea. But with God, all things are possible. All things. You see, just for instance, we're living in a, in a, in a world where knowledge is expanding at an incredible rate. If 200 years ago, or even 100 years ago, you had sat down with somebody Uh, 100 years or 150 years ago and you were able to go into the future to where we are today and you were to bring a smartphone to them and say, you know, see, this, I can phone somebody in America and we can talk, but not just talk, we can see each other, we can look around the house that they live in, we can see everything around about what's happening in America right here in your own home. They would say, don't talk such rubbish, I can't even begin to understand what you're saying. Nowadays, it's an everyday occurrence. That's what technology, that's what the advances have made. And if finite minds are able to tap into these things, how much more the infinite God, with whom all things are possible. If the Old Testament speaks of these times, Daniel, in fact, tells us of a time when those who sleep in the earth will awake, either to everlasting life, or to shame and contempt. Job tells us, though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God, I shall see for myself. When this event is going to take place? I don't know, but the hour is coming and there is going to be some voice, some cry. We're told, in fact, in Thessalonians, it tells us there about this coming of Jesus and what will take place. Therefore, uh, we declare to you by a word from the Lord uh, that we who are alive and are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with a voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. All the believers will be the first that will rise. it's not a. Isn't that an incredible thought? So there isn't, so many people think that when you're dead, you're dead, that's it, it's not. Death is not the end. And then Jesus goes on to talk about those who are good, that they will go to life, and those who are evil to judgment. Now when Jesus is talking about good and evil, he's not talking there, Uh, that saying that what we are, our works, determine our future, our salvation, such that we earn our salvation by being either good or bad. We earn our salvation in and through Jesus Christ. But if we have become Christians, if we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Saviour, then our life ought to be a good life. We ought to be living like him. That doesn't mean that we never do anything wrong. Of course we do. We do things that are wrong. We say things that are wrong. We, we think things that are wrong. But the main thrust of our life is that which is reflecting Jesus and seeking to do good. And so we're told in Scripture that our works follow us. So what we are here is a bearing upon what we will be in the world to come. You know, in life, we try to do and to organize our life and work out our life so that things will go well for us. That's what we do. Well, that being the case, why is it that we don't look after what is the number one priority within our lives? It's getting our soul right with God. Because where our soul goes, our body's going to follow on. And it's going to be too late if we die without Christ, if we spend our life rejecting Jesus then that is a fearful thought. It's not life but judgment that's ahead. But the Lord's saying it doesn't need to be like that. I have come in order to give you life. I have come to make, make a way to God. Accept me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Make preparation for your future, for your soul and for your body's future by accepting me today. We're told, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. And today Jesus is speaking to you. This voice that we've we've been talking about, this voice is speaking to us in the gospel. And he's inviting you today to come. One day that voice will again be heard. Just as in the very beginning God said, let there be. Let there be light, let there be this, let there be that. That voice will say to the dead, rise one will rise. But today, the voice is speaking in the gospel. Will you heed that voice and listen? Let us conclude singing from Psalm 11 and sing psalms. Psalm number 11, and we're going to sing from verse 4 to the end. Psalm 11, verse 4 from sing psalms. The Lord is in his holy place. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. His eyes observe the human race and in his sight each one is known. The Lord examines all the just, the righteous ones he proves and tests, but all those who love wickedness and violence his soul detests, and so on. The Lord is it. And Holy Spirit, rest and abide upon each one of you now and forevermore. Amen. Please do join us again this evening, if you're able to, and uh, the service at 6.30 would be conducted by the Reverend James McKeever.